Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who are witnesses to the murder of a football team today. You, you, hey, can, be, you can be called to testify. <laughs> against the Saints for murdering our beloved Eagles. My name is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zelak, and you can find me at Producer Gene. I was just watching uh, an episode of season two of Making a Murderer. So I'm, I'm in the whole murder mindset right about, now. It's a about, pretty perfect. About a month too late. But. It's a pretty perfect analogy, actually, for what we had to witness today, because that was a freaking crime. So normally on this show, uh, we start right away with with Eagles coverage. Um but we'd like people to stick around and listen to the show, I think, for the rest of the hour. I, can, I can't imagine that anybody wants to hear us recap that disaster. No, I mean, we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it. But just for just for a minute, I, I just want to talk about, you know, as a sports fan, what, what why do we love sports? And, and, and are we getting that from our from our teams in Philadelphia right now? Like for me, I watch sports to to get away from you know the the humdrum of my normal life and and just escape into it, right? I mean, and even if you're not winning a championship, which you know most seasons we're not winning championships, like I like the journey. You know, I like either seeing the progression or you know wh- what direction we're gonna go next. And I'm having trouble finding joy in a lot of our Philadelphia sports teams right now. Is anybody else feeling that way? Yeah, I I I I understand where you're coming from, Dave, and I I feel that too. I guess the I don't have a very good reason for why I watch sports anymore. It's more of an addiction now than anything. You know, um, it's habitual. I. I watch them because I'm invested. I care about them. It's, you know, just the same way you keep in touch with family. It's, you know, you you need to know what's going on with these things in your life. I mean, my my following of hockey, I say, is more of a hobby than anything. You know, being invested in the whole league, trying to follow things and keep up with it. That's more of a hobby. But, you know, watching the Eagles, watching the Phillies, paying attention to the Sixers and obsessively following the Flyers. That's, I don't think I have much of a choice in the matter. I think it's just my life. And yeah, it's kind of meh. It's I, not I mean, when great. I'm watching the Flyers anymore, I feel like I am trudging through the, the swamp of sadness or whatever. <laughs> it's like such an effort for me. And I feel like I'm never getting anywhere with them. That I'm just I don't know I, I I can't I and now the Eagles with this you know I, obviously they brought us such joy last season but now with this I, I don't even know what to make of this. But I have the exact opposite reaction with the Sixers right now. I I must have watched how that game went like went down uh, yesterday that final sequence. I must have rewatched it ten times and I'm not even exaggerating. I just could not get enough of watching. Uh, Jimmy Butler and I am so so I don't know if I've been this excited about a team that I don't like I legitimately don't think that they have a chance to win the championship it's it's very hard to think that they're going to be able to upend a team like Golden State but wait, I am wait, so wait, wait. You, you don't think they have a legitimate chance to win the championship this year to beat Golden State I, I I'd say that they maybe have like the fifth best chance in the league I think that there are some other teams that are better that, that- Golden State team's fracturing. But Gene, do you do do you do this thing? I know and I'm excited about something. This is what I do. I have to see what every network's coverage of the highlights look like. Yeah. So I watched uh Sports Rise or whatever the hell that show is called. <laughs> and, and then I switched over and I watched uh, NBA TV. Right. And I had to see their coverage of it. And then I had to see what ESPN Sports Center had and their coverage of it just to get all the different 
takes on the same highlights that I've watched 10 times already. What I've been doing a lot lately is I'll go and find the video of uh, the opposing team's call, like play-by-play. Oh, yeah. And and last night was an absolute gem. Like they <laughs> they were just they oh, he didn't he didn't drive because he was afraid. He had to take that difficult shot. He had, he was shaking with fear. I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like there was no fear in that play at all. Like that guy was was I are Hornets fans? That guy was so clutch the the hornets announcers are just homers they were you know now kemba had like a superhuman game like i get it like i like mad props to kemba but that that was unnecessary to be like trying to down talk jimmy butler which jimmy butler was incredible you know what he did last night was incredible okay so all right sixers are are actually uh bringing us some joy so we're gonna start with the sixers today um, which thank you, Gene, for bringing us in into that. So Jimmy Butler, first game, we got to see it, the Magic game. Let's start with the Magic game. And this is the thing that's like with the Sixers, right? It's like, it, what if I told you you were leading every game at one point by 17 points or more? Uh, how do you think your record would be better than what we're currently sitting at right now or what? Is this Should we be concerned about this? I don't know. It's, the NBA is such a weird animal because it feels like there are certain teams that feel like they can just throw it into another gear when you get down to like that last 12 minutes that they feel like as long as they can keep it within striking distance, they can just go on these runs. The NBA is, is definitely a, a game of runs um, and certain teams, you know, especially if you watch like any any team that maybe LeBron's ever been on. It feels like LeBron is literally sleepwalking in L.A. Like, he still puts up these big numbers, but if you watch him, he just doesn't feel engaged in the game. And sometimes I feel like the Sixers have a tendency to kind of get, like, these sleepy third quarters. Um, and and it, it's it's frustrating. I don't know if it's that... The thing that killed me with the... I think it was the Orlando game. What didn't... Embiid come out literally like a house on fire, like dropped like nine points in the first four minutes of the game. And then without, I don't think he had any fouls on him, Brett Brown benched him and he just sat for like six it's minutes. It's like Brett like, is married to that rotation. I don't understand had. why you would take him out of that game. He was and literally. It's also why a, a team can go on a 21-0 run on you. Um, if you're you know not going to adjust your game plan or call timeouts or yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like um, and you're Brett right. He's married to this rotation, but like I don't know how you can be married to a rotation right now because you just kind of got gutted. Like in terms of like you're 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 not a deep team right now. Like you 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 should be trying to ride what you've got and and put teams away early. And if you're going to rest people, like make sure you've got people beat. You know, and then so you can bring people. I, like I don't know how what the strategy should be, but it, it's not what what he's doing right now is not working. All right, but the but the magic game was whatever. That's annoying, but it was Jimmy's first game with the with the club, and everyone's you know feeling each other out or whatever. Um, and then we get the home opener, or Jimmy's home opener. Right. <laughs> um, whole new season, whole new season <laughs> against the Jazz. Um, and and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, what a fun game that was because you have the whole Donovan Mitchell who's getting booed every time he has the ball, um, the, the 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 Mitchell Simmons thing, and then you have Butler coming in here, and, and Embiid had a great game too. Uh, was that the? Um, oh no, Embiid had the triple double against the Magic, right? But Embiid had another great game. What do you have? Thirty, thirty, and a bad and, game for Joel Embiid is thirty-five and eleven. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to even qualify a bad game for Joel Embiid because he's 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 just putting up insane numbers right now. And that was just the opening act, the, the opening act of uh, Jimmy's fourth quarter presence um, before we got what we got against against the Hornets uh, last night or Saturday night, if you're listening to this on Monday morning. Um, Kemba Walker with the 60 points. We survived someone dropping 60 on us. We we have we have become the team to have your career night against. It seems like <laughs> the beautiful thing though is now I feel like it's not it's not going to completely be our Achilles heel. But but Blake Griffin did it. Uh, Kemba Walker yeah, did it. Had the graphic up of uh, guys that have scored uh, fifty points or more this season, and it was five like, guys. Two of them were Golden State Warriors who didn't play, and then the other guys were guys that played against us. Yeah, Nick Vucevic, I, I think, had his career, like career night against us. 
It was crazy. It's crazy how like the, we we just have these one guys that just can completely take over a game. Uh, I, I feel like that trend's going to start to change because this team should be very good defensively. They're they have all of the pieces in place to be a really solid lockdown defense. And that that was a question I was going to pose to you guys earlier. How many how many games do you anticipate? You know, with uh, with Jimmy uh, Butler on the team before we see what this team really is. You know, Gene, you had mentioned you you don't see this team being able to beat Golden State, but how long till we find out how good they really are? You know, how 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 long of an adjustment period are are you guys giving them before you go? Okay, this is how good the team really is. Gene, what do you think? I I think it's like. F- three or four weeks before we start to see where the, the real, how the real team is going to look and what the real problems could be. That's, that gives you a couple of stretches where you usually play like three games a week. So it's like nine going to be nine or 10 games. I feel like before you start to see like a settling in and, you know, some man right now, I don't know the teams necessarily know how to defend us com- completely correctly yet. And, you're going to start to see some teams figure some things out. I think what's going to catch up to us is that we aren't real deep. Although, I've been pretty impressed with some of our bench guys. Um, I think Korkmaz had a really good game the other night. Uh, you know, so you're going to see. And I think Fultz had a good game yesterday. Um, you know, so I think if he starts to accept his role, you know, on the team right now, I think he's going to be good. The other thing that's interesting is uh, Jimmy Butler, I think yesterday or, or against maybe after the Utah game, he had a press conference and he dropped so much shade on Minnesota. He was saying stuff like, you know, it's so great to be on a team that's interested in winning. Um, it, it's nice to play with players who don't take criticism personally. Um, and and real quick on that one, because I, I read that too, and – I don't, I don't know what to think of Jimmy Butler's personality. I, I don't know if he's going to be a divisive force in the locker room. But in this second game, he has comments going like, "Yeah, you know, these guys are all pros. When you give, when you criticize them, you know, they take it to heart." This is his second game on the team. How many people is he criticizing? <laughs> like that's my thing. It's like, like if he's giving people an earful after game one. You know, maybe the all this like you know, locker room cancer talk. Uh, maybe that's maybe there's something to that. Well, I think it helps that they've kind of got this kind of, you know, like a first date kind of like new romance thing going on. Like <laughs> him and TJ are definitely the new bromance of the of the Sixers. They're going to replace Joel and and uh, and Dario because uh, the two of them seem like they're they're palling up. Um, and well, here's I, what I'll say. I I think. Um, I think we're going to know what what the deal is by the end of the first week of December because we're we're still undefeated at home. We're the only team in the NBA who's undefeated at home, mm-hmm, which I think and is our, a great stat. Yeah, and our next games are our upcoming schedule are Suns at home, Pelicans at home, Cavs at home, Nets on the road, Knicks at home, Wizards at home. And none of these are back to back. And yeah, and then December 5th at Raptors. Yeah. And that is going to be must-see TV because that's our measuring stick right there. I feel like all of this, this like the move for Jimmy Butler, I feel like it was after we had that first Raptors game and we kind of, you know, I, I have a feeling that people in the front office or whatever kind of was like, well, I feel like we're a step back. I feel like we've we've lost ground in this race. And in the NBA, when you start to lose ground, when you start being, when your arrow is trending the wrong way, if you don't, do something quick you know all of a sudden you're you're back in that middle of the pack all of a sudden you're you're a six seed you're a seven seed and you're just you're just middling around i think they saw milwaukee looking real good out of the shoot uh toronto looking good out of the shoot i think that we have this this our own whether it's our own problem with boston whether boston's in our head uh but we're looking around and we're like you know are we the fourth best out of the east or the fifth best out of the east and well they said we need to we need to make this happen I also think that from what I was reading about the trade, um, that was a mandate in Minnesota, like, you need to take the best deal you can get. And, uh, you know, I think that there were some other offers on the table, maybe Houston, maybe uh, Miami, put together better packages. Um, But 
somehow it broke our way this time and we got we got the guy and you know we we talked about this last week you know giving up what we gave up hurts it was not like we 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 got him for free but i think in the end this was the move that had to be made to make us a team that's actually gonna be legit when it's all all said and done percent chance we end up with the one seed in the east wow uh before jimmy butler i probably would have said 30 percent i I don't care about before Jimmy Butler. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. I think we could be the Jimmy one. Jimmy Butler Sixers are dead to me. Yeah, seventy-five percent. I'm gonna. Uh, wow. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Likely. Yeah, I think it's pretty likely. likely. Yeah, I think it's likely. Toronto is really magic. good. Yeah, Toronto's really good, but I feel like, I feel like we can we can hang with anybody in the East. Yeah, and I just think that those teams are. Um... Not, I mean, I don't know. They seem like, I don't know. You, like you said, our own mental block with Boston, but it just seems like they're not there. The rest of the league doesn't seem to have that mental block that we have with them. Well, yeah, I was going to say Boston is just in the middle of the pack, you know, and I feel like we're ahead, we're ahead of them in the standings. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I feel like very seriously, like by roster, Milwaukee's a better team. Yeah. I mean, they have the best player. Definitely. They've got the best player in the East. See, that's the thing. We we play all these teams, and we have the three best players on the court now. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's very few teams where we're, we're going to walk into the gym and not have at least two of the three best players. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough good vibes. Let's talk about the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. Before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about, like, weird uh, Charlotte Hornets stuff. First off little fashion delphia what do you think of the hornets uniforms the pinstripe but the pinstripe that stops at the jersey yeah solid white shorts i don't love it it looks like a mismatch you know what i mean it looks like you grabbed the wrong thing out of the closet <laughs> yeah it was like in the old like in the 90s or whatever the mm-hmm. pinstripes went all the way yeah it was the complete right? thing yeah which i didn't like yeah. that look much better but you know yeah. it was at least it looked like they matched See, I like the I like the pinstripes that went all the way through the sure the half and half doesn't look very good. And have you seen their like city jersey where it's their Buzz City? Oh, they went back to Buzz City. They did I mean, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Like, are you giving yourself your own nickname now, or is like Charlotte just called Buzz City? And I didn't know that Charlotte have an inordinate amount of stinging insects. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. thinking maybe they were like they were going to start like legalizing pot or something like that. <laughs> we're on a buzz city, man. Second of all, the court. All right. So first, before second of all, pre second of all, post first of all, <laughs> the Spectrum Center. Oh, that's oh, yeah. yeah, that's mm, that's annoying. And playing Rocky music. I noticed that, too. Yeah. Do you think people in Charlotte call it the Spectrum? I think they do. I think, I, they, I think they definitely do. Stop trying to be us. <laughs> I think that Rocky music lifted us to to the yeah. win. Yeah, that was dumb. Don't play Rocky music against us because that's we our thing. We weren't wearing our sweatpants. We wear Rocky's clothes, man. Like you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna pull anything on us. Okay, now to second of all, hashtag wear the sweats. Yeah. <laughs> now to second of all, the court. Like what? There's too much stuff going on on the basketball. So busy. It's blue. Like so, the the inside the three point arc is blue, but it 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 go, it's like a gradiated blue. So it's dark blue on the far side, light blue on the near side. We're wearing blue uniforms. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then inside the key is like a honeycomb design. Yeah, so busy. And then the uh, like the 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 free throw line circle is a basketball, and then the center court there's the Hornets logo with this like weird um, swoosh coming out of the Hornets ass. Right, like it had like a diarrhea going up to the <laughs> middle. Of the court. Yeah, it was insane. It's it's like well somebody like got a hold of one of those like court designs in NBA live 19 on like playstation or whatever and just was like i'm gonna put on all the special features on this court yeah it's stupid it's like way 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 too busy it's like a 90s teenager did it yeah i mean with the bright colors and the hornets are like the quintessential like 90s team like i you know and they've never really unembraced their 
their goofiness with that. Charlotte Hornets baseball cap when I was in like middle school. Oh yeah, well there was always that one. There was that one kid in every class, and you you're gonna remember exactly who it is that showed up with like all the Charlotte Hornets gear. Like he had the the the, the I was like grandma on all that. Yeah, stuff. all that crazy stuff. Like all of a sudden, people were like into Charlotte. They've never been good. <laughs> but but before we leave fashion, what did you think of like the sandal looking shoes that Jimmy Butler was wearing? Like they look like he was wearing sandals. <laughs> That's so funny you said because I said that to Kara. I was like, it looks like he's wearing sandals. Yeah, yeah, it looks looked like he had wild. like he was he was beating everybody in flip flops. That's what it looked like. <laughs> well, he's our savior. I mean, that is the that is the common look for savior. Yeah, so... that guy is. He is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's move on to the Eagles. All right. Everybody grim up. We got some serious shit to talk about. All right. I want to start off with the uniform situation. Now, it's all irrelevant now, but Doug Peterson is out playing golf with Sean Payton and makes a bet on what uniforms we're going to wear during this game this season. When did that, that happen? happen? Did that happen like this week? No, I don't know. When they talked about it on the bro- – see, I was watching the game at a bar, so I was getting like bits and pieces. But from my interpretation, of it, maybe it was in the off season. Okay. Well, that would make more sense because I think you have to make these decisions like way earlier than – we think that they do it like on Monday probably. At least that was my perception. But I think all these things get decided like in August. <laughs> I mean, are we okay with our coach gambling on something that could potentially affect the game, like mojo wise? <laughs> I, I I'm okay with it. It's not like the Eagles have a great history of, um, you know, you know these jerseys are are you know we have to wear this uniform combination to win. Um, no, that's Dallas. It, Dallas has that problem. Dallas has lots of problems. But they have a better record than us. Well, the Eagles aren't one of them. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the uniforms today. The only thing I kept seeing was, like, the Saints in their pristine white and gold uniforms and going, like, yeah, well, that's nice that they can wear them because nobody out on that field is going to break a damn sweat. Those guys well, look like a military operation in those in those uniforms. Like, You know, I would wear those white uniforms at home more often because they won't get dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the to the bet situation. If Doug makes this bet in the off season, the whole thing is Doug was probably at his most like flex right then. Like that was when he was absolutely like, yeah, whatever. We can wear we we can show up in somebody else's clothes and still beat your asses. You know what I mean? Like that was when he was absolutely like muscle man Doug. You know, high. You know, coming off his book tour. You know. <laughs> That's why he's making these sorts of bets, because he's having a good old time. I can't imagine now. Like, I think that if there's one person in this whole situation that's had to eat a whole lot of humble pie the last couple weeks, it's Doug P. He has got to be sitting there being like, damn, dude, was it was it me? Was was it Frank? Was who actually won the Super Bowl last year? I I feel like his confidence has got to be completely Especially after today. Like, he's got to be obliterated as far as confidence. Doug's got to be at, like, a, a, an all-time low right now. And what is the golf equivalent of fourth and Doug? Is he getting up there with Peyton going, like, yeah, we're going to bet on the uniforms, and I'm going to play this par five entirely with my putter? Like, is that is that the golf equivalent of fourth and Doug? Uh, um, Yeah, maybe. Maybe you'll just say like, oh, I'm just not going to play with my putter. Yeah. Just yeah. keep it, just leave it at the clubhouse. But I, I haven't gotten the feeling that Doug is second guessing himself, that Doug is putting this on him. It, he, he seems fine with the way he's calling the game. Uh, I mean, one of our episode titles is, is Doug on tilt? And I think he, definitely is i i don't trust the decision that that man's making i have no confidence in doug peterson i i had on the agenda you know we talked about it a little bit on the on the text like who's the best coach in philadelphia and if you ask that question before the start of this season like unequivocally all we we would all say doug peterson it would have been unanimous and we would have moved on because we wouldn't have even brought it up because it wouldn't have been an interesting thing to talk about because there would have been no question Exactly. But now, I mean, what? Uh, 
I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating question to to try to answer because it's yeah. Before it's the season, game, I think it would have been Kapler. Shut your mouth, Gene. Before the season, I think the number one and number two would have been really clear cut. It would have been you know Doug Peterson and then Brett Brown. Yeah, and, and I think that would have been that would have been an obvious one and two, and everybody else would have been like pulling up the rear. Yeah. yeah. And now it's, I think we'd be happy with a, you know, a whole new clean slate of coaches. So, gun to your head, who would you say is the best coach in Philadelphia? Uh, oh, yeah. You can't even you can't even uh, cop out and say Jay Wright anymore. <laughs> well, that would be a cop out. I think we're talking about the the main four, and if we're including Villanova, I will say Jay Wright. Yeah, I mean he's got the best track record. But as for best coach, like who has the best coaching mind, or who do I want to keep around? Um, I would say. Are the answers uh, different? Yes, I think the answers are different. Okay. I think Doug Peterson's the one I'd want to keep around most just to see if he can capture that magic, you know, once again for another Super Bowl run. If the person I trust to know the X's and the O's most, I'd probably go to, to Brett Brown. Hmm. Gene, gun to your head. Who's the best coach in Philadelphia? Gun to my head, it's Brett Brown right now, today. Uh yeah. But only because there is nobody that I've seen been handed such a pile of crap and be able to kind of navigate through it and not completely lose his mind in the process. Like, is he the guy? Like, is he going to be the one that's going to reach the peak? I don't know. But I certainly am much more willing to give him a chance now with a full compliment and a legit... I want to see him in one, at least one more playoff run with with a with the the talent that he's got now, and see if he can't make it work, and get to a place where I'm like, yeah, damn, that was not that's not on 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 the coach, you know, we just got beat by a better team, um, so that's that's where I would go, gun to my head, I would say, I'd say Brett Brown. Okay, but I like Chuck, I... I don't want to lose, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not ready to give up on Dougie P. I, you know, yeah. there's something about him that I that I really do like. I don't trust him right now, but there is something that I really do like. Yeah, I think I would still at this point stick with Doug. Uh, I mean, he has he has the championship under under yeah. his belt, and <clears throat> I, he he seems like the kind of guy that's gonna, you know, he took his first season, he learned a lot from his mistakes from his first season, and I, I'm hoping that kind of same thing happens here and we we can give Carson a level of consistency and I don't think I, I think the pressure is is off the organization as a whole to be like Super Bowl Super Bowl Super Bowl Super Bowl. so I don't see Laurie making any sort of moves like I would like to see what he's going to do in the offseason to, to shake up the coaching staff I think if there's any major things to happen you might see a shift in your coordinators like I wouldn't be surprised. Part I might wouldn't be surprised if Schwartz got offered a a head coaching job, um, you know, just based on last season. At first, I would have been real nervous to for that to happen, but I really do feel like a defensive strategy shift could make a difference with this team. So I would be interested to see a shake up the defense. Um, and if Condoleezza Rice is available, I'd like to see her run the offense. Um. <laughs> Did, didn't you didn't you see any of that on Twitter today? No, what happened? The Cleveland Browns are going to interview Condoleezza Rice for their head coaching job. Nah. Yes, that Condoleezza Rice. Well, Condoleezza Rice and the Cleveland Browns have both denied it, and I need a new penalty box, so let's <laughs> let's, let's talk about that now. Because the thing that intrigued me most is like, all right, let's say she gets the job. Like, she, you know, has a fantastic resume. She's obviously a very intelligent, very very accomplished woman but how can you go from former secretary of state <laughs> to head football coach is going to be uh coach rice um on, on third down why'd you go for a running play and um what did you know and when do you know it when it came to a rock and weapons of mass destruction thanks <laughs> like like i want to see that press conference i want to see <laughs> like 
Like I know they all just denied it, but like I, there is nothing today that I wanted to be more I, real. I would love it. Let's get all the like. Good. I would hey, bring Jim Acosta in to do the beat reporting. <laughs> Let's doctor the tapes, man. Yeah. Oh my! Well, God. speed it up like you do in sports. That was my favorite one. It's like, oh, sometimes you speed up things in sports. I'm like, no. But yeah, I, I, I would love to see someone who was so important in like world politics. Just go down to football and the Cleveland Browns of all teams. Yeah. Well, she is a huge Browns fan. She once wore one of their jerseys. Like that was somebody like made that connection it was like, well, clearly if she was going to be taking a head football coach job, she was wearing a Cleveland Browns jersey. She's a big Cleveland Browns fan. Well, who's the other one? Drew Carey? <laughs> is, is it like just between the two of them? Can they run the team together? Oh my God, we're real. We'll really talk about anything to avoid talking about the Saints. Game. What would be the Eagles' equivalent, though, of like a celebrity taking over the Bradley Eagles? Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Mike Trout. Should Mike Trout be the head football coach? Uh, it would be. I mean, he's in the box. Bradley Cooper. Come on. Yeah, and he can direct. You know, and just see. The problem would be, he, he we'd have these great game plans, but all of a sudden our quarterback would be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> right. He can't. Like, he couldn't oh, help but put himself in the game. Yeah, it's like he's like, oh, Carson Wentz said no. I really <laughs> wanted him to take this part, but um, but I, I just decided to do it myself. And then I think the Dallas equivalent is Chris Christie, right? Chris Christie <laughs> as the head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Are you who's our like political? Well, I well, I mean I was. I don't know what politician you would put in charge of Philadelphia. Oh, well, Ed Rendell. I mean, he seems to know an awful <laughs> lot about football. We ask him every week about it. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Jesus God. So going into, this, going into this game, what what were your expectations? Like, what did you think was going to happen in this game? What happened? He, uh, I like, thought I'm not asking this facetiously. I seriously want to know. Is this what you thought would happen? immediately after the Dallas game, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Like I, after that game, I thought there's no way we can stop the saints. We're not going to do anything. This is going to be embarrassing. And then as the week went on, I still thought we would lose, you know, but I thought it was going to be, you know, 35, 14, which isn't good. Let's recognize that's not good, but I thought it'd be closer. I had a similar vibe, and it was one of those things where at some point today, I, I, I don't even know if I texted it to somebody or I said to turn to somebody, and I was like, they are who I thought they were. You know, they are. This was exactly what I expected. And it's unfortunate because th- this game held so little. I had kept trying to psych myself up in some way, and there was just like no reality. Because I've watched the Saints play almost every week, at least some part of the Saints game every. And outside of this game, I root for the the Saints against pretty much anybody else. I really like watching this team. They are because I I don't like the Rams. So this is the other NFC team that I've been kind of like keeping my eye on because they're exciting. I really like the way that they play offense. So it was having some knowledge of of how they they I was like there's just they literally do everything that we do poorly well like we we they throw the ball they 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 were going to chew us up and <laughs> throw the ball run the ball and score touchdowns all yeah, the things that we have struggled we doing. cannot stop we can't we play defense poorly so it's really so i wasn't surprised but there was some part of me i guess friday afternoon that was like if we can just come out and score early or get a turnover you know somehow if the fates could turn and we could we could play they lost to Tampa Bay it is possible to get into some sort of like a shootout with this team maybe the the offense figures something out and we just you know it goes over 80 or something and we we squeak it out or at least then it's then it's interesting but i mean every rational part of me this was the game that i expected we were going yeah, we can't score in the first quarter we're the we're 32nd in in scoring in the first quarter cuz we have zero points in the first quarter um it's just awful. We just we just come out flat every this single week. Game. This is the first game in a long time that I had a real genuine lack of enthusiasm for the game. I was just I, Sunday. I knew I knew four thirty. I was going to be watching the Eagles, but I wasn't looking forward to it. 
it was almost like I'm going to go ahead and take my medicine at 430 because I inevitably know it's going to happen. And the game was over probably it was 17 to seven. We had the ball. We were driving. It was like third and four at the Saints 40. And I I knew it already. I knew it already. If if we didn't make it, we were going to go for it on fourth down. So I was like, okay, we're two down territory here. And, you know, it's just so predictable that Carson would take a 10-yard sack in that situation. And then we had to punt it. And I said, this is not – this is it. It's not It's not happening. Yeah, and is Carson on tilt because he threw how many picks today? Three? Three. Yeah. And that is not – that's just not him. That's just not – I don't think he's ever thrown three three picks in a game. Um, he is usually very smart with the ball. So maybe he's on tilt too. I don't know what's going on. Probably – what is that game like uh, – oh, Kings, right, where you had all the cards around the pitcher? Yeah. And the one – what's categories? Queen? Flip a queen? Right. And then we could all we could all do categories of Eagles players that got hurt during this game. Right. Uh, That's going to be a major issue if we if we decided to. So who got hurt? Kelsey got hurt. So we had um, Wiz (laughs) center. Uh, Everyone in the secondary. I heard what Sidney Jones got hurt. Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones probably wouldn't have played in this game had he not literally been one of the only people that could walk. Yeah. Maddox got hurt. Mm hmm. Um, who else? Wasn't there someone else in the secondary got hurt? Yeah, but I probably don't know his name because he probably just showed up like this week. Oh man. So yeah, I mean the injuries are really Oh, like Russell Douglas went out at one point. Oh yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, Russell Douglas. I mean, like, my God, the secondary. Well, I we're basically we, we have to go to like the XFL to find cornerbacks at this point because there's <laughs> there's none left. So do you think it was would you would you call out an Eagle fan who did not watch the game today? Is it like a violation did, to say this is this is done, this is gonna be a bloodbath, I'm not watching? Like somebody that went like apple picking instead, like of watching a single minute of the game. Like would it's I call them strawberry out? picking, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd call anybody out because honestly, the, the last time I was this unenthusiastic about a game was like those dead games after Chip Kelly got fired. Um there was a game, I think it was a game against the Giants after Chip Kelly got fired, and I'll out myself. I didn't watch a minute of it. I think it was the Eagles-Giants against Chip Kelly against the, I don't even remember, who, who was who the hell was the head coach of that team? I don't even remember. Um, I think it's the guy that's the head coach of the Giants now. Um, yeah, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Um, I didn't watch one minute of that game. Uh, granted, that was December, and we were legitimately completely out of any kind of playoff contention no matter what happened in that game uh this i still watch this game i definitely did not watch this game with the same passion or enthusiasm that i have any other game this season or anything in the last two years i I feel like if you care about this team you had to at least be kind of at least checking in because we are not dead in the water yet and especially if you kind of hear alex smith goes down you know it would have been great if Atlanta had been able to beat Dallas and keep the, you know, but do you want to be in a division that a, a seven and nine team comes out of uh, an eight and eight team can comes out of, you know, what, I don't know if, if I, you know, I, do I want to make playoffs? Yes, absolutely. But this division is become the laughing stop. Look at, listen to any expert who is not biased. Talk about the NFC East. It's basically become a joke. Oh, the NFC East. Oh, somebody's gonna have to win it. That's literally what they say every time. Somebody's going to have to come out of the NFC East. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to come out of that division. Yeah, we get it. We're all garbage. We got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to direct my focus now towards, like, what's what's our draft situation going to look like? Because unless we run the table and go 10 and 6, it's not even, it, you know, what's it, what's it worth to you? Well, I don't know. In the... the uh, the odds of us being able to run the table with what we have on the schedule are really long. We have at least we have a Rams game in in LA that I don't know that we don't see this exact same situation that we had today again. I know. Well, we got two Colt McCoy led Redskins games coming up. Yeah, that's true. But we got to get through. Uh, we got to get through Eli and the boys next week, man. <laughs> and that yeah. team is that team is smelling their own their own their own aftershave right now. They they think they're gonna. You talk to Giants fans. They think they're coming for the division now. They're alive and kicking. 
Well, we're probably going to lose that game. If we if we lose to the Giants, <laughs> man, like that's the only thing that we have. Like that's the only feather we in our cap right now is like, well, we whooped the Giants. If we come back and then get beat, because then we we beat them up there too. We got we're gonna get embarrassed to the Giants at home now. I think it's a possibility. Well, it's because we don't have anybody to cover anybody. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised that there's not a letter at my door that was like, want to be a cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Here's your (laughs) chance. Yeah, it'd be a Vince Vince Papali situation. Uh, You could probably get those tickets at a pretty reasonable rate, right, on, like, SeatGeek or something. Oh, there's Yeah, and if you go to SeatGeek and use the promotion, Potadelphia, you will not get any (laughs) third discount. If you do, let us know. But no, we have no partnership with them. Very good. Um, <laughs> so, the, so if we lose next week, uh, we're in last place, eh? Yeah, and deservedly so. Honestly, like if we can't yeah. get ourselves up to at least beat the Giants to keep ourselves out of the basement, uh, there's no hope for this team. Like Carson Wentz and the offense have got to just be able to just put up points out of sheer spite, you know. That's the. Th- I'm exasperated by the thoughts of us losing to the Giants. I I, I just don't want to fathom it. I I think come to terms with it, Gene. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's nothing that tells me that's not some percent likely. That I mean, it's, it's possible not... that Saquon Barkley will run for 200 yards against us. Like I have accepted that that guy is a, is a monster, but. It... I mean, I think the the question that started this was like, oh, what do you think of somebody who didn't watch today's game? And uh, all right, you miss one game, whatever. I think of the person who is sitting at home with nothing to do. It's 430 and they go, you know what? I'm going to watch, you know, uh, rerun of something else instead. I'm going to. No, I'm not talking about the guys at his sister's wedding or whatever, but I just mean, you know, if you're like, I'll I'll do something else. Yeah, if you're conscious, like you're going, what are my options this afternoon? You know, and if you decide, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to watch Friends on Netflix as opposed to um, the Eagles game. Well, that doesn't mean you just gave up on this game. I think it means you gave up on the season. Yeah, I feel like it's too early for that. Yeah, you you and half the players on the team. And that's what I was getting at with the Giants game because, you know, they don't live in a vacuum. They, they, they won the Super Bowl last year, and they know the difference between that team and this team. They know what their record is. They know that they know what their odds are. Yeah. So if it's going like, all right, well, we blew this season. Let's come back next year. If if that's in their head at all, then yeah, we can totally lose to the Giants. So is this just the worst hangover in the history of this city? Like a a, a hard drink in town couldn't handle their liquor? Is that what this really comes down to? Is that we just party too hard and we, we, we just could not get ourselves together the morning after? I Ooh. think that they're, they're exposed. They're exposed for, you know, some... You know, Doug's, Doug is being exposed. He's being outcoached a lot. The injuries are starting to really stack up now. I mean, I have to start acknowledging that. Uh, well, if you've got a passing league and literally your entire basically your entire pass defense is is depleted when you're every week yeah, there's a new I mean, guy he's in going into the season it's like you got an all-time all-time defensive line like quarterbacks are going to be shaking in their boots with this d-line and we're just not getting after people how many like sacks are we having against breeze today zero i don't think we had any i don't think we had any yeah, I mean, you're you're probably. I mean, I'll check, but maybe yeah, there was one. I don't re- I don't remember any. Sacks allowed. Philly allowed three. New Orleans allowed a zero. Zero. Yep, that's what I thought. That's what. It is. If you got an all time all time defensive line, you better you be ever. If it's third and seven, somebody better get to the quarterback, and that so doesn't the, happen on this team. The Saints go for it on a fourth and seven when they're up thirty-one to seven. Is that some bush league bullshit or? Hey, you, you don't want it to happen. You got to stop them. Well, I, I think it's um, Bush League bullshit. You know, uh, it, 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 yeah, you have to stop it. And but they they're kicking our ass. Like there's there is no reason to go for it on fourth. 
none. They we haven't shown that we can come back in this game at all, you know. And we're trying, you know. And I think Troy Aikman brought it up of, you know, Jimmy Johnson would say, you know, as long as the other team's still trying to score, we're still trying to stop them. But now that that's that's fairly bush league. That's fairly bush league, and I kind of think, you know, it was a, a little shot at Doug. I feel like this is the kind of thing that you do against your rival, but there's no like extra beef against us in New Orleans. You know, there's no. It's not like we eliminated them from the playoffs last year or something. It wasn't any kind of a, a need to put our thumb in our eye. Maybe that's just Sean Payton. You know, he feels like the kind of guy that just loves to to run it up. Um, I don't know. I didn't like it. I, I but I I hate the idea that you should be, especially if you're you know, if there's no mercy rule in the professional leagues, then you should. You know, then pl- play to win. And if that's how you believe you got to play to win, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to cry in my beer because you know they they ran a fourth down play on me. Do I think it was dumb on their part? You know, you, you turn the ball over there or something. It just looks stupid. Why did you even make that play? The reason that the conventional move there is to punt is because that's that's the way. You know, your percentage to win is 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 best. But when you've got a score that high. It doesn't matter what you do. It just it it it's it's in bad taste. It's bad sportsmanship. But you know, I'm not gonna get too salty about it. So then afterwards, uh, Jenkins gives uh, Peyton the finger, which I loved. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Because yeah, why not? Go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody has some heart, you know. Oh yeah, love Malcolm Jenkins. Good on him. Um, so around the league, we talked about the Alex Smith injury. So do you think the um, the Redskins are still in the driver's seat? The division has it switched over to Dallas. What are we thinking? I think this division is driverless. The yeah. only way this could be worse is if we're debating between the Giants and Dallas, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I think this division is driverless. If I'm afraid that Dallas will get their act together enough to win the division. But I, I I don't have confidence in anybody. The only thing I'd bet on is the Giants not to win the division. Who gets to be eliminated in wild card weekend? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the question I guess I'm going to pose to you guys is, do you have – what is your interest level for the game on Thanksgiving now? Dallas versus Washington. Is it uh, higher or lower – because of where we are in the standings for for me it's higher um especially uh with the uh injury to smith i want to see what the redskins look like i guess i'm rooting for a redskins loss um just to to bring them closer to the pack but then that does put dallas in in first i think um or at least tied for first but I'm interested to see it. I want it to look like two inept teams out there. I want I want it to be horrible football. I want to be watching TV on Thanksgiving and go, man, these teams are awful. Watching more Elliott ruins my day. Like, that guy makes me so physically angry. Like, my blood boils so much watching Zeke Elliott. I don't really – I don't know if I can handle him ruining my holiday. And they're going to be right at dinner time because that's, that's the 4 o'clock game. Uh, I don't know. This is just—it's just miserable. Can we play basketball on Thanksgiving? No, that's a Christmas thing. I know, I know. But man, how much more excited are we about that game now? Oh yeah. In Boston? Oh, that's gonna be great. <laughs> I'm so psyched for that. <laughs> Is—is that gonna be the whole show for the rest of the football season? <laughs> So Eagles Giants. I mean, it's no Sixers Knicks. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey Chuck, bring us into some Flyers talk. Yeah. So yeah, it's no Sixers Knicks, but it's we have Flyers Rangers uh, coming up the day after Thanksgiving. No. Now you said you said last show that we should uh, you know really whoop up on the Panthers. I did. I did. I, I didn't quite recognize um, 
that the Panthers had turned the corner and were winning some games. Um, they got a hot and, goaltender too. Well, that that game, there was only so much you can do. There was bad luck, and Luongo was amazing. Was and the five post game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, no. The five post game was the Devils game. The five oh. post game was the Devils game, and I think that one had the called off goal. That did have the called off goal on the. Oh after... yeah, that was that was the obnoxious call it, they made with the goalie interference it was but i was looking at the wrong part of it i thought that was such a weak goalie interference call but it was really kind of a dumb play by jvr um it wasn't the it was... bump to the head that they were calling no no it wasn't the brush to the head i think it was the swipe like the Egg... the effort to push his glove out of the way oh yeah other than just if it just incidentally happened it probably wouldn't have gotten called right yeah that that's what it was like Kincaid I think it was Kincaid in that that night uh, was had his glove hand out and JVR just kind of pushed it like casually like entering in like passing by the crease and we were all distracted by like are they really going to call his jersey brushing his mask and no that's not what they called um they called you know he pushed his glove hand out the way he can't do that and that's his first game back, right? Uh, that was his first game back. That was his first game back. I'm a little surprised they didn't throw him to the Phantoms for a con- uh, conditioning stint uh, for a game or two. But he came up. He looked fine. He got his first goal on uh, Saturday. Um, Is that his first back- goal back? Like first goal as a flyer? Like in the, the first goal as a flyer? Yeah, he only he stint? went out in the second game of the year. Yeah, I knew it was early. For some reason, I guess yeah. I thought that he had he had put one up in the uh, in that Vegas game in the open. Yeah. Well, the the Vegas game um, was, I think I heard a stat where it was the only game this season where we outscored the other team on special teams. Yeah, I I would believe that because our special teams are not performing. Special. They're not special. They're very ordinary. Actually, they're they're special in how bad they are. Um, the penalty kill is awful. It is awful. And it can't remain this way. Something needs to be done. We cannot give up a guaranteed goal every game on the penalty kill. Lappy, does Lappy have to go? Yeah, Lappy does. I saw him at the Flyers Wives Carnival today. I said, yo, Lappy. And, you know, my son and I waved at him. But, yeah, I, I would like Lappy fired. taking jobs away from people yeah i know i know it's very hard to be a french canadian in this economy but uh, i want him he no the the penalty kill is abysmal you can't fire all the players so you gotta you gotta do something to rattle the cage and, and the the power play connected in that that comeback against uh tampa bay um so yeah maybe you hope they they get over whatever mental hang up that was preventing them. But you know, there's a lot of talk about Hackstall and is he on the hot seat? Well, he inherited Lappy and um somebody else who then was let go from Barube. Lappy's been the special teams coach, the the penalty kill coach since Craig Barube. You know, that's I don't he's gotta go. He's gotta go. Something's gotta change. We cannot stand to give up a guaranteed power play goal every game and have any hope of being anything other than a 500 team, which we just can't seem but to help but be a 500 team. But that's, I guess, that's the thing where you got to figure if the reason you fire him is because he's clearly not making any adjustment. Like, yeah, you, you can't stay this bad by not trying something new. But I would also say you cannot have a competent penalty kill or a competent team without cons- like a consistent number one goaltender. You cannot play this game with. It's like playing a. It's like playing a shuffling game with your quarterback, uh, or, or your your point guard. You it just can't do. You, we need consistency in that position. Well, I agree to some extent. Um, Elliot has looked. Really good. Now, of course, Elliot's injured again. And I we can't let our goaltending situation remain this way. You cannot trust Neuvert to remain healthy at all. We don't know what his, his situation is. We don't know when he's going to come back. And if he does come back, 
how long will he remain healthy? And then the next part of Elliot, you have the same questions now. And now you're on the Pickard, who is not good, was cut by the Leafs, and we picked him up as like an emergency goalie. Now we're down to the AHL again. And yeah, we got Lion back up. Yeah, bring Lion back up. But I'm happy to have Lion as a backup, but just go, hey, the starting job's yours. Stop That's avoiding the inevitable. We're going to avoid that inevitable. <laughs> no, it'll be like it would be a jolt to the team. I think it, it, we would all get excited for him to be up. Yeah, but I mean, his his numbers are ordinary to bad in the AHL right now. And he's got to find his game there. I mean, it's it'd be a huge gamble to bring up Carter Hart and go, all right, you're struggling in the AHL. Here, go to the best league in the world and find your game. That's that's a pretty big ass. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good, Chuck. Bring up Carter Hart. <laughs> but he's not quite good right now. And I'm, you know, I, I've read a lot of criticism about Hextall and going, how can he have started this season this way? And I think, Dave, you expressed that too of like, you have all these injured guys, you know, and how can you start? And I kind of figured eh, it'll work out in the wash. You know, they'll be healthy enough, and they have not been. We need to bring in another goaltender. And I think we talked about this last week, of the issue of who do you bring in when and who'd be willing to trade. That's a really tough question. I mean, if I had to to guess and hope, it'd be maybe Craig Anderson out of Ottawa. Oh, my God. I'm stomping around in Flyers Swamp. Like, we're not – like. Where do we go? This is it. It's just this is what it's going to be this year. It's going to be it is what it is, and we're going to end the season five hundred and an eight seed, and we get to lose to the Lightning in four in the first round. I oh, long before the Lightning game, the whole all right. Well, you know the starting uh, goaltender for the Lightning's out, so the Flyers should really try to take advantage. Join the club with starting <laughs> goaltender out. Like, we're supposed to be at some sort of advantage now? Why? Because we're used to playing without our starting goaltender? Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, yeah, we did finally put up some goals, but we're not going to stop any. I mean, it, there, need, there needs to be action taken. And I have not been a Hexall critic, um, but now's the time to do something. Like, you got it. You, we're far enough into the season that we can't go for a prolonged stretch of, oh, we'll figure things out. And a lot of this season has reminded me of 2010. Um, sorry, 2009, 2010. So that's the season. Um, that's the season uh, John Stevens got fired. And he got fired around December 10th. And... I think if this team continues to plot along at 500, maybe slightly below 500, changes are coming. I will fully expect there to be this mediocrity cannot last. We're going to need a goaltender. Even Craig Anderson's at 37. That's not great. But, I mean, we, we need to do something. Do you think Hextall should have Hextall go watch the game from up in the uh, the press box? <laughs> it's there. not a punishment, though. Yeah, and it's I, and I agree that's not, but that'd be funny as hell. And yes, well, if Hextall's going up to the press box, we're going to take a trip to Chuck's penalty box. And I have to say, uh, give special accommodation to to Dave Diorio for best transition of the season. There, that that was seamless. Yeah. That is a radio pro. So, uh, Gene, Gene, let's start with you. Who is in your penalty box this week? I am going to put the concept of baseball's hot stove in the penalty box because it is not hot right now, and it is not doing much for me. Where are all the big signings? What I want to see money flying around the table. I want to see big names come off the board. Let's go baseball. Get me interested again. 
because I'm tired of hearing, reading all these stupid takes about Manny Machado becoming a Yankee. Just make it happen. Just somebody spend some money. All right. Gene finds baseball's hot stove to be ice cold. That is an icing penalty, um, which doesn't put you in the box at all, really. So, okay, back in the other, uh, your defending zone, uh, Gene is calling icing on baseball's hot stove. Yeah, we basically announced that we're out on Machado, huh? Yeah, and but we're gonna. But Middleton said in USA Today, we're gonna spend a lot of money. So spend it, spend some money. You know, we got Roy Halladay like right before Christmas. So and we got Cliff Lee, uh, the same weekend of the uh, Meadowlands Miracle of the Meadowlands two. So yeah, that was December two. Like I know the, the thing, but I still uh, spend money. It's not my money. Spend it. Yeah. All right, very good. Gene is concerned about everyone getting their Black Friday jerseys. Uh, Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? Okay, in my penalty box, I'm putting Adam Smith, who is a uh, sports blogger for Barstool Sports, uh, but he is also a streamer on Twitch, and he was streaming some NBA Live 19, and he was playing as the Philadelphia 76ers. And after playing as Joel Embiid, he missed a shot and muttered to himself, go back to Africa. Oh, congratulations. Uh, What is your name? Adam Smith. You're a uh, you're a racist and you can apologize all you want. But if that's something that's in your vernacular that just sort of trickles out when you're screaming on the Internet, go back to Africa. You're a racist. And also Barstool Sports is kind of like. A real trashy thing, and that yeah. David Portnoy—he's a—he's a creep. Anyway, so there you go, Barstool Sports. Okay, so ten-minute game misconduct uh, and a suspension for uh, racism. So that's five-game suspension to Adam Smith, um, and a fine to Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports for just being kind of garbage in general. And my penalty box was going to be about Condoleezza Rice and the Cleveland Browns, so I'm going to have to improvise a little. Who's going to go in, Condi or the Browns? Uh, it was going to be uh, the Browns, but we'll, we'll do something different. So I mentioned being at the carnival today, and this this penalty may sound a little familiar. I'm not sure. But... Did you mention being at the carnival today? I did. I did. I said yeah, hi to Lappy, Lappy there. They should be fired. Oh, right, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> sorry was gritty there though chuck was gritty there gritty was there um so you got to actually meet gritty i did not get to meet gritty my son uh, was a little terrified uh, um but he loves gritty and then he he got close enough any gritty merch out yet uh there's gritty t-shirts there are no gritty dolls i really yeah, need there to be for the gritty doll at the game the other day no no luck yeah, I, I need there to be gritty dolls before Christmas, but that's not what's going in the penalty box either. Okay, this random lady at one of the games, so random like 60-year-old woman, um, when a three-year-old tells you who their favorite player is, maybe don't criticize that decision. So we're at the like player's wheel, like the, the puck wheel where you – you buy a puck for $5 and you put it on the face of the player and they spin the wheel. And if it lands on that player, you, you win a prize. And my son, you know, I bought him like three pucks. I spent a horrible amount of money on nothing today. But um, and good cause, good cause, Chuck. Good cause, yes. Flyers Wives Fight for a Cure. I saw that they changed the name. But this is getting away from me. That's so um, it's... It's like, all right, buddy, who do you want to put it on? Do you want to put it on? You want to put it on Brian Elliott? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, she's like, Brian Elliott. I'm like, well, it's his favorite player. It's like, oh, well, he should pay a little more attention. And like, I'm like, (laughs) what the hell? He is three. His favorite player can be anybody. So, and don't crap on things children like. Know why his favorite player is Brian Elliott? Because he met Brian Elliott at the carnival last year. And it was the only player that he really met. And he was too scared to really say anything. But Brian Elliott was super nice, signed the book, talked to us a little. And then for a year, he refers to every goalie as Brian Elliott. We saw 
three or four Brian Elliott's today. It's like, oh, that's Brian Elliott. That guy's the Brian Elliott. That's the Brian Elliott. And we did see Brian Elliott again. He's a very nice human being. But adults, if children tell you that they like somebody and that they're that's their favorite player, don't criticize a three-year-old. So two-minute penalty for just being a crappy human being. All right. Good job, Chuck, on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we stole your penalty box. Hey, um, before we before we wrap, I just want to say we t- we threw a lot of shade at Gabe Kapler this year. Um, but his home did burn down uh, in the California wildfires, and, like, that really sucks. So I'm, I want to lay off Gabe for a couple episodes. What do you think? Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. And you know, we we like to make fun of him and we like to criticize him, but you know, obviously no one wanted to see that happen. So our thoughts go out to, to Gabe and his family. And I, and I would say Gabe's a great dude. Like from all accounts, I just read something that he was meeting with kids from Chop this week, like days after his house burned down. So um props to Gabe. Seems like yeah, a good no, he, dude. I'm he, gonna start. I'm gonna start really rooting for Gabe now. Yeah, I think that maybe we can all get on the on the Kapler train at least for a little while, at least till spring training. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to a friend of the pod, uh, Nico, who ran in the Philadelphia Marathon today. Wow, way to so go! Congratulations, Nico. he finished. Wow. So we're proud of we're proud of him. Um, good job. And uh, just a little plug: what's coming up this week? Creed 2 is going to premiere in the theaters and Potadelphia Night at the Movies is happening Tuesday night. Woohoo! Uh, so we're going to have a, a special Thanksgiving bonus episode for you uh, to consume along with your turkey. And if the, the trip to fan from the turkey doesn't get you, our podcast will. <laughs> <laughs> so when you've got to drive to wherever you're headed, you know, if you've got to go to, to Aunt Lulu's or whatever or Uncle Gritty's, you'll have something to to entertain you on your way to the on your way to the. And we are promise, they the same couple? Yeah, we promise we'll be very spoiler light. We'll be spoiler Aunt light. Aunt Lulu and Uncle Gritty. <laughs> Aunt Lulu and Uncle Gritty. I like to see Gritty carve the turkey. I don't know. Do You'd you have think... had any turkey left. I'll just massacre everything. <laughs> just goes at it. Ah! Just with a, un un uh, uncarved. Yeah. <laughs> Uncooked. Oh my lord! Just grabs All it right. by, by each leg and just tears it in half. Well, everyone, if we don't get to you before then, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Check out our bonus episode later on this week uh, where we're going to talk uh, Rocky and Creed. Uh, and if uh, if we don't see you then, we'll see you next Monday. And uh, have a great day at work, everybody. Bye.